Welcome to the Whaling Gallery Podcast. In this episode, we continue our previous podcast and explore the impact of gallery representation on artists. Our guest, gallery director Lim Whaling, shares insights on how galleries provide a vital platform for artists to showcase their work, connect with audiences, and thrive in the art community. Whether you're an art enthusiast or curious about the art world, get ready for an enlightening conversation that celebrates the transformative role of gallery representation. Let's begin. So, you know, in, in this second section, um, I will be focusing on um, why artists need gallery representation. I mean, I know this is a, um, a subject that comes up a lot for debate amongst artists as well. If an artist is represented, you know, they can, count, they can concentrate on making their work and they can let the gallery do their, their part. And their part involves things like um, archiving and documentation of artists, the artists and their works, making sure they understand where the works are, um, you know, they're properly um, documented in, um, and then there's also, they understand the provenance, like who the works were sold to, um, you know, where the works have gone. In the event, uh, under 20, 30 years down the road, um, a retrospective is to take place or a survey is to take place of that art, particular artist's um, life and work, that gallery who represents them would know where all and each and every one of those works has gone to. And so they can request on loan for, from the respective collectors, there's a good record of all of that. Okay? Um, obviously, the gallery lends support and um, you know, um, contributes to the development of the, the artist's um, career. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of um, discussion, consultation, uh, and, and, and at the end of the day, it is really very much a relationship that's built between an artist and a gallery, and um, it's a trusting relationship. It's a relationship where you, it's a, a mutually beneficial, and also it is, um, it's a relationship that's grown and built up, and you trust each other, all right? And you both want the same things. Gallery representation also lends stability to an artist, so that, you know, the, you know in terms of um, funding, in terms of um, in terms of sales of work, um, the artist knows that the gallery is going to be putting their works in front of the right collectors and they don't need to worry about that. They can focus on just uh, making work that's important to them, right? And, you know, and they can con concentrate and, on looking for the gold, so to speak, you know, like going in and struggling and, and, and searching. The galleries also help to control the pricing so that you know there's, um, there's an, um, prices across the board over time, will appreciate a little bit. And so the um, gallery and the artist will be, the artist will, gallery will guide the artists on how to price the works and um, when to increase the pricing and so on and so forth. And they, they, they set that. Um, I do feel that, I mean, although I just said earlier that you see the, the artist works in different galleries and the prices should be the same, but I do feel that it really works against the artist when they are shown in multiple galleries because, um, you know, if you're shown across three places, which gallery is actually going to be looking after you? Help with um, doing the print material, making sure the curators come, the writers, the writers write about the work, they're catalogued, their books, their monographs that are published, you know, um, they get funding for that. Um, and I think 
more, most importantly, I think um, having gallery representation allows for the artist to have freedom to be creative, to just make the work that they want to make and, and not really worry too much about anything else. You know, they leave, leave, they leave the rest of it to, um, um, to the gallery to handle and um, they don't have the stress of dealing with, with the day-to-day -day of um, marketing themselves or trying to find buyers for their works. And obviously a gallery is continuously building a market, continuously um, putting the, the artist's works in front of the right people, be it creators or museum directors or, you know, um, you know and um, yeah, I think with gallery representation, um, as a collector, you can go to them and ask the gallery for more detailed information about the artist. They should have it all. I mean, okay, and obviously as a gallery, even, I mean, for us, you know, over the years, um, you know, we've, we've worked with and represented that the artists, the artists that we work with now, I would, I can say safely, most of them have been with us for, if not 20 years, between, you know, 15 to 20 years, you know, so it's, it's been a long relationship. And, um, you know, I, I used to laugh and joke with them and say, you know what, we're going to grow old together, you know, this is a long, this is a, like a marathon and we're going to like, you know, be growing and running and we all, and it is happening. Like 20 years later, we're still like, we're all getting older and we're still together. So it's been, a, it's been a really incredible journey for me as well, watching this. But so over the years, like, okay, so in the second decade, in the second half of our second decade of our gallery's existence, you know, we did a lot of um, international um, um, shows. You know, we participated in quite a number of, um, international art fairs and you know, we promoted Malaysian art on those platforms like you know um, um, we did Art Stage Singapore in 20, 2011 that was a really major art fair for the region and you know we took up a big booth and I think we were one of two Malaysian or three Malaysian galleries three two Malaysian galleries showing there you know and and people like uh, I don't know uh, we had like Takashi Murakami was walking around that fair I mean major Japanese artists and then uh, David LaChapelle gave a talk you know, um, during the fair. So you had all these incredible um, celebrities from the art world descending upon Singapore. And then you had, of course, all the mega galleries showing as well, I mean, on the same platform. So it was a really um, um, quite a, an experience for us as a gallery from Malaysia doing this for the first time. And, um, and you know, again, uh, with a lot of the important art fairs, like Art Basel Hong Kong, for example, like, you know, their, their selection process is so stringent, you know, like we did try to um, submit our application in to several fairs and every time we put our proposal in initially, it was rejected. You know, I mean, they said, oh, sorry, this doesn't meet the criteria and then you just move on, right? And I remember I spoke to a, a very senior gallerist and he said to me, you know, at Basel, oh, at Basel, my goodness, you have money also, you cannot go in, you know, that kind of thing, you know, it's like, oh, okay, I didn't quite understand what he meant by that, right? So eventually when Art Basel Hong Kong um, was going to have their first fair in um, Hong Kong in 2013, um, in 2012, I thought, oh my gosh, I think I'd like to put in a, a, an application to try to see if we can um, show on that platform. And you know, at that time, that no Malaysian gallery had ever shown at any Art Basel in any incarnation of the Art Basel, be it in Hong Kong, Miami, be it in, I'm sorry, Hong Kong, but Miami or in uh, Art Basel, Switzerland, none. Okay, so I thought, oh dear, if I will try, but you know, we'll see. So um, I, I sat down with Ivan Lam at the time and I spoke to him and we came up with this, he came up with a project. He said, I want to show a vending machine 
um, as my proposal. I want to put in a vending machine as my proposal to, 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 to Art Basel Hong Kong. So we sat down for quite a few, a couple of weeks, and then we wrote and we wrote and we wrote the proposal, and then we sort of like, you know, sent it off and like did a prayer and hope for the best kind of thing. Um, and it was, I have to say, when I received a letter from Art Basel Hong Kong saying that we had been accepted to partake in the fair with Ivan's um, project, I mean, you know, it was euphoric. You know, we were, I was like shaking and I called Ivan, I was literally in tears. I was like, oh my God, we got in, you know. And we did that together. We went to Hong Kong, we presented, we were the only gallery from Malaysia. We were the first time showing um, a solo presentation by a Malaysian artist. And it was, it was really well accepted, you know, because it was a Malaysian artist and, you know, we were so proud to be on that platform. And then we were able to show um, Ivan in Hong Kong. And I mean, the Art Basel Fair is, again, on another level. You have the mega galleries from all around the world. You're talking about the top gallery from each country in the world being seen on that platform. And there are incredible installations in the encounters section. And we can see it is an, uh, an experience and a half. If you ever have an opportunity to go and visit the Art Basel in Hong Kong, please go. Please go. It is an eye opener. Okay. Um, and obviously, you know, over the years, we've also sort of, um, you know, we, our second, the second, the second exhibition we showed in Hong Kong was Choi Chun Wei. We got accepted in Art Basel again. The second year, where they were that after they'd been formed, and we showed an installation by Chon Shui Wei, which was called the Human Landscapes. And you know, you can see from the pictures, it was it was um, uh, an emer quite a uh, it was an exhibition. It was a piece of work that was growing day by day um, at the fair. Uh, and uh, the artist Chon Shui Wei was uh, was um, taking information from uh, the visitors to the fair to personal information like their name. Um, the size of their fingernail, the size of their feet, their height, their weight, whatever, anything was personal to them. And he was cutting it and writing, getting them to write it in their personal handwriting and pasting it onto this big installation in the fair. And it was, it was very interactive and it was very, very well received. And then obviously, the third time we showed um, at Art Basel, we showed Anurendra Jagadeva's um, um, Yesterday in a Padded Room. And you know, it, it, was, it, will, it will show you how phenomenal that work was. Um, and obviously, um, that from that fair, um, you know, a lot of um, a lot of interest came from curators, international curators from um, around the world. And then, um, because of that, Anu's um, installation was then um, shown. Uh, well, he was invited to show in in Taiwan at the Kongdu um, Biennale. And you know, so when you show, when I, what I'm trying to say is that when you take, when a galleries take artists to important platforms, you know, you expose them not just to collectors, but you also expose them to curators, to museums, um, you know. Um, and as a result of, of, I think, a lot of the fairs that we've done, or a lot of the presentations that we've done, our artists have gained recognition or have been noticed by institutions, not just, you know, and, and public institutions. Like Singapore Museum has collected quite a, a lot of the artists' works, you know. Um, we also did, um, I mean, our artists were invited to p participate in various biennales. Um, and then obviously, we also helped to realize, helped, you know, to realize Malaysia's first pavilion at uh, the Venice Art Biennale in, um, in 2019. And that was a monument, a momentous occasion, I mean, for Malaysia. I have a very strong philosophy about where we're coming from and, and when, what, we, what we expect of our artists when, they when we represent them. And they also share with us what they expect from us 
when in our representation of them. Um, and I think it's really um, important for uh, the artists and the gallery to grow together. And um, because the gallery, in, in a lot of ways, should act as, um, as a filter, in a sense. Meaning, the artists that are represented by their, any particular gallery, the gallery must have a good reason for why they are representing that artist. So, you know, when you go and talk to a gallery, talk to a gallerist, ask them, what's the philosophy behind why you work with these particular artists? Why are they, which ones are represented by you? Which ones are not represented by you? And why? Ask these questions, right? Um, I think it's imperative because at the end of the day, um, um, the galleries must stand by their artists. They, they must have absolute conviction and faith in the people that they work with. You know, otherwise, why are they working with them? It can't just be a commercial profit or whatever. You know, it's got to be much more than that. So this section covers um, the questions that you, you, should, you should really arm yourself with before you go to a gallery. I'm going to share with you an experience that I had personally. So I was in Hong Kong and uh, Johan and I um, walked past a gallery um, in Wellington Road and we sort of said, hey, that looks like quite an interesting painting. So we walked in and um, um, asked about the work, like who's the artist? Like, of course, we'd never heard about we, never knew, we didn't know the name of the artist, we did, had never heard of him before, but visually the work was quite interesting. And then obviously, okay, so I, we just sort of asked, okay, so what's the price? I mean, obviously just to, to gauge. And, um, and the gallery said, uh, I think it was, I mean, the work must have been about, okay, it wasn't small, it was maybe five feet by five feet, 150 by 150 cm. And the gallery said, oh, it's um, 300,000 Hong Kong. I said, okay, fine, so that works out to what? Roughly 150,000 ringgit. So I said, okay, fine. Um, can I look at the... I asked immediately, can I look at the artist's CV, please? Because it just gives me gauge, right? Like, who is this artist? Where did they go to school? Um, what, uh, how many years have they been practicing? How many shows have they had? All of that. So the CV comes out in the filter. And then I looked at it and it was like, the CV was like three lines long. It was like, the artist graduated last year and they've done one show with this gallery. And the work in question was made in year of graduation. And I'm like, but that was like two years ago, right? And the gallery says, yeah, they just graduated two years ago. So I said, so this work is a graduation work? And they're like, so, okay. So immediately I thought, well, I think for that price, I will really need to reconsider this. So what I'm trying to say to you is that it's really important to ask to look at the CV of an artist, if you're interested in their work. I mean, just to understand like, you know, like what year were they born, simple things like where do they go to school? Um, how many solo exhibitions have they had? How many group shows do they participate in in a year? Right, like, I think this, the CV just gives you um, an, a gauge to understand like, how prolific the artist is. Like in Malaysia, are they represented by one gallery or in the region, are they represented by, how many galleries are they represented by in the region? I mean, I think it's fine to be represented in one, by one gallery per region, because maybe the galleries would collaborate with each other, but to be represented or be working with multiple galleries, I'm going to say it again, I know I'm repeating, is not encouraged. 
truly, I mean, it doesn't work for the advantage of the artist. So another question to ask is, what are the main themes between, behind the artist practice? Like, try to understand from the gallery, you know, what is the philosophy, where they're coming from, why have they made the work in the way that they have, why are they making the work with this material, you know, what, where are they at in their careers? Ask, ask this question, okay? And then, um, also, ask about um, whether the artist has participated in any major art fairs, have they been invited to, to, to partake in major group exhibitions internationally, or have they been invited to partake in biennales or triennales, have they won any art competitions? I mean, these are all, you can ask this. I mean, you probably see it in the CV, but ask as well. And then if they have, ask to see the work. Ask. The, the gallery, if they're representing their artists well, they should have all this information at their fingertips. So also, another important point, has the artist's work gone into any important museum collections or important private collections or corporate collections? I mean, this is important to ask because it shows you that, you know, important players are interested in their work, right? Um, also, important question, how is this work, artist's work, relevant to the context of their time? How is it reflective of their time? How are the ob observers of their time? Again, this goes back to the role of an artist. What is the role of an artist? So ask, how relevant is this piece to our time? How is it reflective? How is it reflective on the artist's life? Is, it, is there sincerity there? Is there honesty in the way that it's been made? Okay? Um, also, okay then, Price, ask about the price, how the price is arrived at. Is it a, is it a standard price? Is it a price that goes up over time? This is, these are questions you, the gallery should be able to answer for you, right? Um, and, um, and then, um, I suppose you could also ask, has the artist gone into auction? What is there a secondary market price? You can ask all these questions, okay? And then the last question um, is really not meant for the gallery, but it's meant for you. And that is, you know, um, how do you feel about it? Do you like it? Can you live with it? You know, because at the end of the day, in the collecting, yes, I've given you all these pointers and tips, but at the end of the day, you have to love it and you have to live with it. And if you can find a work that covers these bases, that means it's, it's, it appeals to you visually and emotionally, and yet it is conceptually and sound and has substance. You can't go wrong there. So we've come now to the end of the class. I hope you've enjoyed um, the session um, and you will find you know, the points, the tips that I provided you with um, informative for your, your art collecting. Um, it is by no means um, exhaustive. You know, uh, there's a lot more ground to cover, um, but you know, we've got a, just got enough time for what I've, I've told you today. Um, if you have a chance, you know, please come by and speak to me personally. If you have any more questions, write in. I'd be more than happy to answer them. Um, and I'm going to leave you with this note, you know, as a collector, you know, enjoy, enjoy the process of collecting. See lots of things, train your eye, um, you know, go out there and um, yeah, develop, develop the way you, you look at work. And um, respect artists respect their process, um, their journeys, um, and um, be patient because at the end of the day, um, half, half the 
joy in um, collecting is in following um, the career of an artist and to see how they develop and they grow over time, right? And you know, um, as I said earlier, artists are in the gold mine. They're deep in there. The real ones are deep in there, struggling um, and looking for the gold. So be patient. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Wailing Gallery podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to check out episode 40, where Wei Ling explains how to start collecting contemporary art and highlights artists to look out for. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Wheeling Gallery for more insights and updates on current and upcoming exhibitions. Catch you later for the next episode. 